Glad that you're here. If you have your Bibles, go ahead and take them and open them to the book of First Peter. First Peter chapter 1. We will actually finish chapter 1 today. Can you believe this? We're going to go just a little bit into chapter 2. But I got to thinking about this. At first I was feeling bad. My hope was to get us all the way through First Peter. And I thought, oh man, we're just getting chapter 1 and a few verses of chapter 2. But I thought, you know, this is the, this is the beauty of long-term pastoral service. Been here 11 years. We'll come back to First Peter. We have plenty of time, right? There's lots of the Bible left to preach. And we'll get there. So if you have your Bibles, turn to First uh, Peter chapter 1, and we're going to begin at verse 13. We did cover verse 13 last week, but I want to transition and weave this all together. I'm excited for the conclusion today, but I'm also excited because this conclusion is going to launch us into our Lenten season. And uh, so I'm excited to share this with you. This was really birthed uh, in me uh, over a year ago, almost a year ago now, uh, while I was on retreat, and God began to talk with me about the Lent season coming up for 2020 and what God wanted to do. And, and over this year, there's been little more and little more and little more that God has revealed. And I'm excited to, to just share a little bit with it of you and uh, with you. And then we'll move into this season starting Wednesday uh, here during our Ash Wednesday service. So if you have your Bibles, turn them to First Peter chapter one. Hear the word of the Lord beginning at verse 13. Therefore, with minds that are alert and fully sober, set your hope on the grace to be brought to you when Jesus Christ is revealed at His coming. As obedient children, do not conform to the evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance. But just as He who called you is holy, so be holy in all that you do. For it is written, Be holy, because I am holy. Since you call on a father who judges each person's work impartially, live out your time as foreigners here in reverent fear. For you know that it was not with perishable things such as silver or gold that you were redeemed from the empty way of life handed down to you from your ancestors, but with the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without blemish or defect. He was chosen before the creation of the world, but was revealed in these last times for your sake. Through Him you all believe in God, who raised Him from the dead and glorified Him. And so now your faith and hope are in God. Now that you have purified yourselves by obeying the truth, so that you have sincere love for each other, love one another deeply from the heart. For you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable, through the living and enduring Word of God. For all people are like grass, and their glory is like the flowers of the field. The grass withers, and the flowers fall, but the word of the Lord endures forever. And this is the word that was preached to you. Therefore, rid yourself of all malice and all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and slander of every kind. Like newborn babies, crave pure spiritual milk, so that by it you may grow up in your salvation." Now that you have tasted that the Lord is good. This is the word of God for the people of God. And our response is, thanks be to God. Amen. Amen. 
well, let's, let's catch up because I really want to move, move us through. And I'm not going to be able to hit everything. If, if there's part of something in this recap that you miss and you want to know more about it, you can go to our podcast either online or download. If you have Apple or uh, Android phones, you can get those podcasts and you can listen more intently. But we have seen that this letter was really a sermon that was passed around to a group of probably house churches uh, throughout the province of what we now call Turkey. And so this letter would be read in these small churches and they would receive their encouragement and then they would send it on to the next church. And it would be read and preached and they would hear it and they would be encouraged and it would be sent on. And Peter, we have seen, is calling this these little churches who are now beginning to experience some persecution from the culture around them. He begins to try and encourage them and remind them to remember some things. And so we have seen that they are called to remember who they are. That even though they're not Jewish because of what Jesus has done, they are invited into God's family. And they are now, Peter begins to use all these metaphors that were used for the children of Israel now for these little churches around Turkey. They're called to remember their purpose, and that was to be sanctified by the Holy Spirit. That means set apart and cleansed and giving all of themselves over to God's work so that they could then be obedient to Jesus, the one who loved them and gave himself for them. They're called to remember what they have, which is a living hope. El pizza zosan is that word. It is that confident trust in the good that God is bringing, that is alive, that adapts to the situation, so that no matter what our circumstances, we can still have a confident trust that God is bringing about the good. And this is because of the resurrection, that Jesus went all the way through death and took death captive and has led gone all the way through into new life and invites us into that very same life and because of this they're to remember what it produces which is the salvation of their we used a hebrew word let's say it together one two three nefesh that is the salvation of their souls but remember that understanding of nefesh when it comes to soul is that it's more than just this this kind of ghosty thing that leaves after we die. It is the salvation, the setting free of their whole being, their life, soul, body, appetites, desires, and passions. They're all set free from sin and preserved in the safety of God's powerful love. They were therefore, he calls them into action. He says there are some things that you're going to be called to do. And we looked at a couple of them last week and we're going to look at the third today. The first thing we saw was that they were called to gird up. And because of social media, this will live on forever. I kind of tried to show you what girding up means. It's uncomfortable. It means that uh, you are ready for action and you are in a position where you can begin to move about in the direction God calls you. And he's not just for your physical being, but it was in particular, it was gird up your minds. And then oftentimes we forget as a church that we are called to love the Lord our God with all of our mind. And so last week you were called to remember that we are called to be a people that continues to read the Word of God. That continues to allow God to stretch us and shape us and help us to challenge us by maybe reading some other things uh, that are out there that will build us up. Something that's different. Something that might sharpen us as we begin to do this. We are called to gird up our minds to do that. 
he, he, he writes in our scripture today, therefore with minds that are alert and fully sober. They're ready to go. They're ready for action. They're not sluggish. They're not slothful. They're ready to do the difficult, hard work of digging into our faith. This living hope, this good thing that is for us, that God has given us as gift. We're also called for another action, and that is to set up. He says, set your hope on the grace to be brought to you when Jesus Christ is revealed. That this using of your mind to dig into the Word, to read encouraging things that sharpen your faith and help you, is about setting your hope, remember, your confident trust in the good, that is coming when G- with Jesus into this moment and all the way into the future in its fullness when he returns again. We are called to set our minds on this, to realize this is hope and this is grace, this is gift to us in the moment. And then lastly, and where we're going to spend most of our time today, we're called to grow up. We're called to grow up into our faith. He, he writes there in verses 14 through 16, you can read along with me. He writes, as obedient children, do not conform to the evil desires that you had when you lived in ignorance. But just as he who called you is holy, so be holy in all that you do. For it is written, be holy because I am holy. Now here goes Peter again. Be holy because I am holy. He's taking something that was challenged, that was sent to the children of Israel back in the book of Leviticus, and he's now bringing it forward to this new family of God, these non-Jews who are brought in through the grace and hope of Jesus Christ. And he begins to call them and says, Now you be holy, for God is holy. This call goes out to you as well. If you wanted to look, you would see that in Leviticus 11:44 and 45, Leviticus 19:2 and Leviticus 27. You'll see this over and over this call, this challenge from God to his children, to his family. Be holy, for I am holy. Now, I think we we kind of hear it in this way. When we think about holiness, I think sometimes we think, be Superman, for I am super. And we kind of get this idea of a super Jesus who, who did this, and now I'm supposed to just, you know, rip open my shirt and the big ass, and, you know, I'm, I'm super too, right? But I want you to know, that's, that's not what we're getting at. The focus on be holy because I am holy is on the because I am holy. That God, in His holiness, in His creativity, in His love that is beyond our imagination, began to create the heavens and the earth. And when He formed humanity, you'll see this in Genesis chapter 1, He says, let us create humankind in our image. In the image of God, God created them. Male and female, God created them. That means that you and I were created in the image of the God who is holy. And we were meant to reflect that holiness out into the world. We're going to talk about holiness here in just a second. We were meant to to show that out into our world through our creativity, through our care and nurture of the planet originally, through, through our mutual love towards one another, towards other human beings, towards care and shepherding of what God would bring us. We would show forth that same holy characteristic 
into the world. Now you know the story that we chose to, to choose good and evil, what we wanted to determine that for ourselves, and there was a long history of brokenness, but Peter announces that because of what Jesus has done, because of the resurrection, we have living hope that that image is now restored, and you and I are once again called to be holy because He is holy. We are called to mirror that out into the world. And that is what you and I are called to do, even today. I want you to know that Leviticus, the book of Leviticus, is about living in relationship with God and others. It wasn't just a set of laws and rules and regulations. It was, how do you as my people live in my presence? And how do you reflect my holiness out into the world? So it's how we live in relationship with God and others. It's how our relationship with others impacts our relationship with God. How our relationship with God impacts the way we live with others. And all of this is to reflect who God is out into our world. In other words, it is very relational. And so I wanted to help us kind of grapple with a little bit of what it means to be holy. And I think there are three words that we use in our everyday language that kind of help us get near this this concept, this understanding. So I want us to look at holiness as holistic, holy as healthy, and holy as love. All right. So holy as what's the first one? Holy as what's the second one? And what's the third one? Good. Now the thing that brings all of these things together is that in each one of these things, it requires something. It requires some actions, some things that we do, some things that we participate in, some actions that we get ourselves ready for. And it also requires some things that we restrain ourselves from, things that we don't engage in, things that we don't do. So let's look at this in terms of these three, holistic, healthy, and love. Let's look at these three things really quick. So, holy as holistic. This is really about going all in for the group. That I'm going to be a part of this. That you, because you have embraced the living hope of Jesus, you are all in for those who are together and joined together to say we're all going all in for Jesus, for the group. This would be called our church. We're going all in. And because we're going to be in that group, there are some actions that we're going to participate in for the benefit of the group. Like alabaster. We believe that this is a part of what our group has called us to do. And we're going to participate. So we're going to give. We're going to fill that little box with coins. And we're going to bring it in. And we're going to count those coins. We're going to send them out to build buildings. Because we're all in. Right? And there are some things that we will restrain ourselves from. That we will say, I'm not going to participate in that because it might bring something bad looking at the group. I might restrain some words I say. I might restrain some, you know, some of my strong opinions. I, I might, I might let God temper those for the benefit of being all in the group that is serving the one who has called us to be holy because he is holy. I think about, I thought of an example of this might be the military. We have one of our guys, Tim. He's probably away uh, training right now. His unit is being called up. He's getting ready to go to Afghanistan. We're going to pray for him here uh, in the next couple of weeks to send him out with blessing and hope. But when he's going in, when you go into the military, how many of you have served in our military? Raise your hand. All right. 
you go what? You go all in, right? You don't get to pick and choose. Do you get to say to the drill instructor, you know, I'm really not down with push-ups, so I'll, I'll catch up on the sit-ups because I like them better. You, no? You don't get to do that? No. You go all in, and you're all in for your group, and that means you learn skills that maybe you didn't learn. You, you train your body for the benefit of the group that you are joining. And there are things that you don't do. There are things, I'm just going to assume, I've, I've not been in the military, But I've heard they own your life. (laughs) They tell you what you do and don't do, right? So there are things that you will restrain yourself from because you are all in for the group. The next is holy as healthy. It's going all in for the best you as an individual. It's looking at some of the things that, that God might be calling you to, to be healthy. Holy and healthy are synonyms. And so there are things that you will participate in if you believe that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. You are called to take care of it then. And that means we look at the things that we participate in. For some of us, it will be running and exercising or jogging or whatever it might be. Uh, And there will be some things that you'll refrain from in order to be healthy with the gift that God has given you. How many of you would say that this guy is being healthy? It can be kind of confusing, can't it? <laughs> we are called to look at the health of who we are and go all in for who God calls you to be as an individual. And whether that's sharpening your mind or your body or taking care of what God has done through participation or through refraining from things, we are called to be holy because He is holy. And lastly, holy as love. It is going all in for the other. Now, probably the greatest example of that is marriage. In fact, afterwards, I hope it's okay, guys. Can we just welcome the lions here? Isn't that great? Married them a couple of weeks ago. They went and found out where the sun was. It was down in Mexico. And they brought it back with them. So thank you. It's beautiful. We've missed it. But when you are called to be all in for the other in marriage, there are things in those vows that I asked them and they said they would. There are actions that they will participate in. There are things that they will do to demonstrate their love for one another and how much they care for one another. And the things that we often don't take um, under consideration is there are also a lot of things that we restrain ourselves from. In order to show our love. So it looks a lot like, will you honor and cherish and, and keep one another in sickness and in health? Those are the actions. And forsaking all others. Keep yourself only to them. Yes, that's the restraint. But all of these go into love. And all of these go into being holy in all that we do. We're all in for the group that God has called us to. We are all in for the best person that God is calling us to be. And we're all in for the other. Whether that's our spouse or our friends or our neighbors or our co-workers or even those who we might consider as enemies. We are called to be all in for them because God is all in for them. You getting my drift? Good. Well, Paul, Peter says... Be holy in all that you do in verse 15. So this is not just a little aspect of your life or an hour or two on Sunday. 
This is in all that you do. 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, 365 days a year. We are called to be holistic, healthy, and loving. All in for the group, for the best us that we can be, and for the others. We are called to this. And so let's look at what he does in verse 14. He points out a restraint. So if you're going to be holy in all that you do, let's look at something. Let's look at the restraint side. In verse 14, he says, As obedient children, do not conform to the evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance. Those things are still active in the world around you. You're going to see them. You're going to see those things that that, uh, were a part of your world. And when you didn't know about the living hope, you thought that it was just grab all you can until you die. And so it made sense to go after the God of war in hopes that it would expand your country and, and, and be better. It made sense to go and, and pray to the God of the economy that, God, that, that, that you would be blessed with finances and wealth and everything would maintain. It was, it was important that you lined up behind a strong leader like Caesar and even kind of called him a son of God because he was the one who was going to keep everything in order. But that was in ignorance. Now you know the living hope that you are called to is greater than death. And so now you are called to be holy because God is holy. You're called to be all in for this little house church. You're called to be all in for the best you that God is going to call forth in your life. And you are called to be all in for the others. So that means that you might be called to wash the feet of someone you think is beneath you. That might be your call to give what God has given to you to someone else. This means you might restrain yourself from some of those things. You are called into this. And this is one of the examples that Peter gives them of holiness as restraint. He goes on and says, Be holy in all that you do. And he gives them an action in verse 15. Live your lives as strangers here in reverent fear. He talks about the God who is with them and looks at everything impartially. And then he calls them to this. This is the action. This isn't the restraint. This is what you're going to go forward and do. You're going to live your lives as strangers here. That means that all those things that you gave to yourself to in ignorance, you're going to restrain yourself from them. And you're going to live as strangers within your culture. You're going to operate by the ways that God calls you to. You're going to operate with the mindset of Christ who is always for the other. Looking out and doing those things and living in reverent fear of the God who is with you. I love the way Eugene Peterson puts this in the message, these couple of verses. He writes, you call out to God for help and he helps. Isn't that great? He is a good father in that way. But don't forget, he's also a responsible father. And he won't let you get by with sloppy living. We're called to be all in. We're called to be holy as he is holy. We're called and empowered by His strength to live the way He calls us to. 
So again, we move on and then he goes on and he, he talks a lot about why they should have these actions and be in. You can read some of that there uh, in verses 18, 19 and following. He's, he talks about how God has been a good father and has redeemed you, not with gold and silver, but something more precious, the blood of his son Jesus. And he, he calls them to be in the word. He has given you the word that you might know him and understand him. You might live all in. This is how you do this. And then he comes back to restore. When we get to chapter 2, verse 1, he writes, rid yourself of all malice. How much malice? Okay. And all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and slander of every kind. How much of it? So not just a little bit of it. All of it. Did you notice that all of these are relational terms? Because holiness is relational. It's not a list that you check off of do's and don'ts. It's relational in how we operate in the midst of this. You can't be malicious just by yourself. You're malicious to somebody else. You can't be deceitful just to yourself. Well, psychologists might beg to differ. But you're deceitful to someone else. Hypocrisy, envy, all of these things, they require someone else. And Peter says, if we're going to be all in for the other... For the best us that God calls us to be and for the group, we've got to restrain ourselves from all of this, rid ourselves of these things. But he comes back to action. He says, be holy in all that you do. Love one another deeply from the heart. The heart was not just the seed of emotions, but it was the seed of the will and desire. In all of those things, desire and will to love one another deeply from the heart. This is an all-in message that Peter wants them to understand. And you may be thinking, why all this talk about holiness? Why all of this right now? Well, I'm glad you asked. N.T. Wright sums it up this way. In other words, we're called To this, if you are a follower of Christ, you are called to holiness. He writes, the life of a believer, and he describes a believer as one who worships Jesus as king, requires a willingness to deliberately seek personal transformation. Let me say that again. The life of a believer requires a willingness to deliberately seek after personal transformation. To be all in for the group, for us as an individual, and for the other. And he goes on and says, Holiness requires participation in intentional transformation, and it requires our cooperation, and it takes shape within a community. In other words, you can't do this by yourself. But you're called to cooperate with what God wants to do in you, for someone else, and for the group that he is called to be holy as he is holy. So with that in mind, I want to invite you, starting on Wednesday, to what I'm going to call a Lent all-church retreat. Now, typically on a retreat, we go away to a nice campground, and you get away, and it's quiet, and all those kinds of things. I can't get all of you there, even if I made an opportunity. So my thought and what God began to to get into my mind is, what if we just brought that here? And we decided that during the season of Lent, we would have an all-church retreat. 
And I'm going to invite you to be all in for this retreat. And so, like we've already been looking at it, we're going to look at some restraints and some actions. So let's look. What is God calling you? This is a question for you. When it comes to restraint and when it comes to uh, your spiritual life and the call to be holy because He is holy, what is God calling you during the season of Lent to restrain yourself from in order to be all in? Now, typically we give up chocolate or coffee or something like that. And if that's really a struggle for you, then maybe that's what God's calling you to be all in so you can be healthy. But I'm going to invite you, from the youngest to the oldest, to think and to pray and to ask God, what are you calling me to give up during the season of Lent so that I can be all in? What will you give up individually? And then, I am also calling us, As a church body, what are we willing to restrain from our personal preferences during this few Sundays to be all in for what God is calling us to be? I want you to know that the format of the service that we have will change some. If you're a person who doesn't get why we spend more than half of our service singing, you're going to love this time. There's going to be a lot less music. Part of that we want to give those of us who worship is really focused on music. Maybe it's time to restrain ourselves and to enter into a deeper than just music walk with God. So it's going to change. It's going to be different. Are you willing to take the time to be here, to commit, to be all in for all the Sundays of Lent so that you can be on this retreat with us and see what God calls you to. It'll be different, but I'm excited. Then we'll turn to the actions. So what will we include? What's it going to be like, Pastor Jeff? Some of you are already nervous because I'm going to change up the service a little bit. So I want you to know what it will include. It will include prayer. Is that okay? We will have some time of prayer. It's going to have some time of listening to the voice of God. Can I ask you a really simple question? When you're listening to someone speak, do you talk or do you, are you quiet? Quiet, yeah. So there'll be some time of quiet. It's going to be hard, especially on first Sunday because the kids will be with us, but don't worry about that. God will be faithful in the midst of that. There's going to be some scripture reading. Is that okay? A little bit more than we typically do. That'll be all right. More Bible is, is good, right? But something's going to be a little bit different. We'll read the Scripture. And I'm going to invite you to journal. So I want you if, you, if you need a journal, if you've been waiting, like, man, I should get a personal journal. and I should have, This is the week. Go and buy one. Go to Barnes & Noble. Go to some place where you like it. If you need it pretty, that's fine. If you need just a spiral-bound notebook with some lined paper, do that. I'm not going to call you to write out. Nobody's going to grade you. You can doodle while you're reading. You can do however you need to do, but I'm going to invite you to get a journal. And I wanna, I'm going to challenge my church board. I'd like for us to go to a dollar store or somewhere and each of us to buy two extra journals just to bring here and we're going to have those available starting Wednesday because I want to have everybody involved in this I want to be able to hand out journals for those who will need them because this is a part of how we see the faithfulness of God in his calling for us to be holy 
It's how we write down immediately what He is saying to us in the Scriptures and through our times of prayer. You need to have a place where you write that down. So get, get a journal. Buy an extra journal if you'd like. We'll have some here if you don't have one. And we want you to take that and we want you to bring it every week. Our sermon series, Pastor Kyle's already told us, will be in Ecclesiastes. It's a real downer of a book. I'm just going to warn you right now. But it's a good one. The teacher in Ecclesiastes looks square in the eye of everything that we build our meaning on that is outside of God and challenges it to the core and calls us to let go and to trust the only one who is faithful, our God. It's going to be exciting. I'm, I'm a little nervous to get into this, honestly, but I've never preached Ecclesiastes. I think it's going to be a fantastic series, and I, I hope that you will, you will plan to be a part of this. And I hope that you will invite someone. You can tell them they can be a part of this retreat. Come and see what's going on. Just tell them it's a little different. You know, on Easter Sunday, you'll see a lot more music. <laughs> but... But come and invite someone to be a part of this. I, this is one of our goals, folks. And, and we have a goal of 274 new guests coming this, week, this, this year. I want you to know we're behind on that. So think, pray, who is God inviting you to invite? And give them a card. Invite them. Tell them you'll meet them here and be with them. Then, on your daily walk, on your Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday walk, we're going to invite you to pick up this devotional. You can get this wherever fine books are sold. Uh, online, uh, on Amazon, you can get it digitally or you can get it in book form however you want. Every day, we'll have five different readings from Scripture and a short devotional from one of our Nazarene general superintendents who's retired, Dr. Jesse Mittendorf, who's a fabulous writer and a great theologian, and also with Reverend Stephanie Dernis Lobdell, who is the chaplain at Mount Vernon Nazarene University. And so these are good devotionals. I've already been skimming ahead and looking at them, you're going you're gonna to want to get a copy of this and we'll read together and you'll journal and you'll pray and you'll read the scriptures and you'll hear this day in and day out. Does this sound like an okay adventure to go on? Yes? Okay, good. I am excited about what God is going to call us to do. And of course, we'll take communion. It's interesting. All of this kind of lines up with the second chapter of Acts, doesn't it? They met together, they committed to the teachings, the reading of Scripture, the breaking of bread, and the prayers. Together, we'll go on this journey. So my question for us today, and what Peter says, why he wants all of this to happen, why would we go on this journey, why would we commit to be holy because he is holy, he finishes our passage and our series with this verse, so that by it you may grow up in your salvation, that you have tasted that the Lord is good. So my question to you is, have you found Jesus to be good? Because there's this strange thing about us as human beings, when we taste something that is good, we tend to want more of it, don't we? Do you want more? Do you want a deeper understanding of grace and love and forgiveness and mercy 
Do you want to experience God's call on your life to be all in for the group, for who he's calling you to be as an individual, and to be all in for those who are around you? Do you want more? Well, the question is then, will you go all in? We start Wednesday. And I invite every one of you to be here. What a journey this will be. Well, let's bow our heads and close our eyes. I hope you're excited about the journey that we're going to go on together in this retreat experience. And I hope you're hungry to be holy because the one who calls you is holy. And he longs for you to reflect and receive his love, his grace, his generosity, his hope that is living in every situation. To begin to change and help you restrain what needs to be restrained and participate in what you need to participate in. Let's go to him in prayer. Father, thank you for your invitation and call to be holy, to look like you. And I believe you've called us as a church to change things up a bit and restrain for just a little bit of time the way we normally do things in order to see what the new is you're bringing into our life. To hear your voice gently and tenderly say to us and call us, be holy for I am holy and this is good. You will, you will see what happens in the life of the church when you're all in. You will see what happens in your life and your purpose and your call when you surrender all to me. And you will begin to see a dramatic change in your world when you're all in in love for someone else. So Father, teach us and call us Help us right now to set reminders, to be here Wednesday, to pick up a journal, to, to buy a devotional. Help us, God. Help us to be all in for You. Because You did not withhold Your own Son, but went all in for us. What else could we give you but our lives in return? So help us to grow up into the full measure of our faith because of our living hope in whose name we pray, the name of Jesus. And everyone said, Amen. Would you stand and receive the final blessing? And now, may you, may we, be holy, for the one who calls us is holy. May we go all in for what he calls us to do as a church, to invite, to restrain, to participate in actions. May we be all in in what he invites us to do as individuals, to be all he has called us to be. May we go all in for the other, for the ones that are easy to love and the ones that are difficult to love. And may we remember that we can only do this 
through the strength of His Spirit. I pray these things in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. Go in peace. Go in His name.